Hello, and welcome to League of Josh podcast. My name is Joshua, and I'm your host. Today's episode was recorded on June 9th, 2021. In this episode, I sit down with Kaz and Kote. We have a discussion about creative endeavors focused around his passions for music and film. We discuss what makes a movie good and what makes a movie great, how we project ourselves onto our art, and the state and direction of Hollywood. I had a ton of fun catching up with Kazdan, as it's been a few years since we last saw each other. I hope you guys get a kick out of this one. Thanks a lot. Sitting here today with Kaz and Kote, and 
he is a film and production graduate from SATE, the South Alberta Institute of Technology. And what we're going to be talking about mainly today is rap and creative endeavor, as Kasdan is a as a as a rapper, a rapper, an up and coming rapper with the stage name Young Kazi. So howdy. Yeah, we're gonna dive into it. Could you give me a little bit of a rundown of kind of an introduction to who you are, where you came from, where you've been, what yeah, you're doing sure. now? Um yeah, well uh in Calgary. Um kind of bad with intros, but yeah. Just been uh yeah, grew up here for a long time and um what am I trying to say? I don't want to go through my whole life story. But yeah, I went you know, went to high school. Basically, I've known this kid since uh, grade eight, yeah, nine, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, been high school together. Been a minute, but yeah, haven't seen you pretty much since high school now. It's been a long time. It's been about five <clears throat> now, maybe six years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't even feel that long. No, it doesn't. I think I saw something recently. It was like five years or six years since high school. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> no, thank you. It's a strange feeling to. <laughs> to see yourself get older for sure yeah seriously and everyone else yeah it almost feels like i'm not getting older but it's like <laughs> just everyone else you're in your you're in your time sensitive bubble exactly yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're getting older yeah but yeah you were you were definitely part of the you were the film crew in school yeah you and much. the you and the guys were always ethan and tim i know that ethan's now He's still working in film. Yeah. Yeah, he's in BC pretty much uh, right now. He has some stuff there, but yeah, he's around. He's also was at uh, working at the film studio as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I would actually like be on productions and I would just see him because we'd be there. He'd be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, it was just sweet because he would just always, he'd be working there, but then I'd be working out on the productions that'd be at the set. It was just really weird. Mm -hmm. It just feels like we were working together, but we weren't. It was weird. It was always so much fun to see you guys work in junior high and high school. You guys were always putting up videos and making these narratives, and it was always cool to see. That was super fun. Yeah. What do you think pulled you into that? What do you think draws you towards film? Uh, honestly, like, I think just, like, the always like went over this because i think that's also like it's my thing with music as well because it's like a form of like storytelling and expression but in a way that's just not so blatant that makes sense like mm -hmm. yeah you can tell things without like you know you can show it basically with mm -hmm. film and like i but also in a way like you know just um it's hard in a way because it's like it really depends on what in a way you're talking about but i guess just like i just like creating basically mm -hmm. and just like you know entertainment and all that but yeah it's just film you know encompasses so much and that's i think why i gravitate towards that but like that's why i'm just like you know it's so weird in a way because it's like i am huge i'm just there's so many things i like that makes sense or um mm -hmm. art forms and it's like, cause it's like, you know, I like, yeah, I make music now too, but it's just like, um, yeah, movies, you know, they incorporate that as well. Cause that's, you know, music and sound and film go hand in hand, like so, so much, but like, 
it is that's what i've found i don't know where i'm going with this but anyways i just think it's like interesting with like especially music because it's like um a lot of people were like what now you're making music all of a sudden i'm like well yeah because it's like um because you know what what i'm trying to say so like making movies it is a very collaborative effort Mm -hmm. and like sometimes it is super hard to be collaborative (laughs) especially in like now COVID. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah um, yeah uh but yeah and then just like i guess just like you know um expressing yourself fully because like working on a film set i'm just working you know what i mean like it's it's amazing and yes i'm i love that i'm doing something that i get to do but like it's so much different from if i was making my movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. but super hard to make mo- your movie if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah, it's a lot of, no, like getting budgets, blah, blah blah, and all that stuff. But with like music, I can literally just hide away in my room and make an album, like by myself, and yeah. write and tell a story. And then yeah, so that's where I think just found that other form of storytelling that I found I can express myself with. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can totally go on huge long tangents that don't make sense here, by the way. I'm going to do the exact okay, same. I'm, I'm going to stumble and mumble my way through this. That's, that's what yeah. I do every time. There's no pressure to be perfect at all. So okay, good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I always like, go off. No, you're fine. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like people, I think the first five to 10 minutes, people are quite nervous to, to get in front of the camera and do yeah. this kind of stuff. But after you get into a flow, it's a lot easier. Definitely. So we'll just work our way into it. Okay, sweet what was your transition into rap? I definitely, I think that a friend and I talked about this once, the, that, that collaborative element of film where you're taking all of these visual things and it's not only the explicit visual content, but it's also the, or no, uh, yeah, it's, it's not only the explicit, like it's not only the things that you see on screen that are right there, the actors, but it's also the set design and the symbolism they're putting into it. And I remember, in junior high and high school kids would always complain in english class when professors or teachers would talk about symbolism in in books where they would like a room is colder and darker it has blue curtains or something and that's to symbolize some kind of uh, a milieu of of depression or sadness or anxiety or something and everyone would complain about that but then as i grew older and watched more and more film i was so much more appreciative of understanding those things because it adds just a whole other layer of complexity. Same with one, one example is uh, the, having some kind of window frame where the main character will be in a predicament where they're trapped and then there'll be, the lighting will show a shadow on them and the shadow will be in bars and it'll look like they're in a prison. Yeah. And, and it's, exactly. it's things like those that make, they're, they're very subtle, but they can add so much value to the photo exactly. or to the, to the film. and then. In that same way, music is the same. The, the best films always have just unbelievable scores that drag you into it. I remember yeah. I was in a psychology of, psychology of the, the auditory system. Oh. I was in a class for that. And we watched Lord of the Rings, the scene where they're in so Moria. Good. Yeah, it's so, so good. Such a, like, that's, one of, that's my favorite movie trilogy. That's probably yeah. my favorite some three of my movies favorite in the world. soundtracks too like mm. the music in that it's amazing yeah well we we listened to we watched first without the audio the scene where the fellowship is running from the balrog in moria oh yeah 
and then we li- and then we so we just watched it without the music and then we just listened to it and then we listened to it and watched it and the music tells such a story that it's it's almost more powerful than just the the visual of the film oh exactly yeah because like it really adds that emotion to it like and even like vice versa like i've i was what did i watch yesterday I was watching something yesterday and it literally I had to rewind it because I was like oh my god what was it I really want to bring that up because it was really cool what did I watch anyways it was just like a fight scene but Mm -hmm. like it was like music the whole time and then as soon as the fight scene came up it just music cuts Mm -hmm. and there's no music and it's just the rain and it's just the punching and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, this is way better. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was just putting, then I, I literally rewinded it because I was just like, I was like, yeah, there's no music. And it just gave me chills. And I was like, this is awesome. And mm-hmm. I love shit like that when, yeah, you can, and it, it totally, it probably would have been ruined if they kept the music going because it just would have been more, you don't need it sometimes, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, it, it really amped, because like it amped you up as it was happening. But as soon as they went in for the, like, just hand to hand, cut no music and it's just their their just the you know the raw sounds of the fight i'm just oh it was nuts almost like a you know bass drop mm-hmm. but it wasn't it was just really yeah, it was really cool so yeah i yeah it definitely does impact it a lot yeah. in many ways it's very interesting and like yeah, there's a lot of things like even like themes like i love i miss themes and stuff too which i feel like are missing like now you know what i mean like oh they're dead all yeah there. exactly like back to the future jurassic park star wars like off the top of your head you know where those are from and it's like what movies nowadays like can you think of a theme of like that's a big movie like you know what i mean like avengers i kind, kind of know mm-hmm. but then like every other marvel movie it's like what the fuck there's no music yeah it's just the most basic stuff it's just weird it just feels like it's you know flatlining it does nothing yeah it's interesting so yeah it's like yeah, i'm just trying to remember it's like scenes from like some avengers films where it's like there's just you know orchestra music as an action scene's happening i'm like this probably would be kind of cooler with, without that orchestra like you know what i mean i don't mm-hmm. know it's just kind of interesting because it just feels so flat yeah but then you have some scenes where yeah it just totally changes changes it when there is that music it feels better like Endgame, sorry, that's I keep bringing up Avengers. Endgame is like that one scene when fucking you've seen it, right? I can spoil, yeah. I'm gonna spoil Endgame. Do it, do it. If you haven't seen Endgame hammer. yet, brutal. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. fuck you. If you haven't seen Endgame. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, when he's just like Avengers assemble, and yeah. like there's no music, and then as soon as everyone starts screaming, the, the theme comes up, and I just come, like that's something like, you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. film. That's yeah. film. There. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah every now and then i'll go back and watch the scene where in a new hope where luke goes out to the desert to decide whether or not he's gonna go on his hero's journey and he's, he's looking out over the the desert landscape and there are the there's the the by the, the by solar yeah you can see like yeah. both the suns are setting in the background the, so the score for that is just it's one of my favorites i'll just go and listen to it anytime i want goosebumps i can i can t- i'm vividly i know the whole scene now in my head yeah mm-hmm. it's so good 
it's so, and I think that a part of that is the connection that we make between sounds and images and all of these, like these different, these different sensory experiences that we have. I think mm -hmm. that sound is one of those things that combines all of those together. Like I hear that song and I immediately, I see it in front of me. And yeah. they're same thing with Lord of the Rings. There are songs where I wouldn't be able to tell you if you, if I were to play the movie through and through, I wouldn't be able to tell you what songs go in what scenes. But if you play a song for me from any of the Lord of the Rings, any of the soundtracks, I'll be able to tell you exactly where it goes. I can oh, just, yeah. I can see it. It's in front of my eyes instantly. And I, I find that so interesting that to have a, a, a good solid film, to have, to have the best film, you need a good soundtrack. Definitely, yeah. And then like how you incorporate it too. It's just, yeah, it's just crazy the amount of work mm -hmm. and the detail that goes into that. It's wild. Yeah, right. Just like the <laughs> example you were giving. And let me know when you do remember that because I, I do want to go and watch that fight scene whenever, yeah, for, whenever <clears> this is done. But that even that, the, the lack of music can be as or more impactful as music is as long as it's surrounded by a good score yeah so true yeah i'm trying it's on netflix i'll have to like check my recently watched sometime mm -hmm. i've been uh, binging i binged castlevania a few like last week oh, or the week yeah before. the new season came out right it was good that. it was really good three. it's a really good show i need yeah. to finish that um what have i been watching Oh, I'm literally am in the middle of watching uh, Loki. The new episode came out today. How is it? It's okay. It's I'm literally like twenty minutes in, mm -hmm. but like I was kind of like watching. I was at, as I was at work and yeah. not really paying attention. So like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just there, yeah. and I was like, I should be watching this later. <laughs> I paused it. Uh, but yeah, uh, that literally just came out today, like mm -hmm. the first episode. So um and i'm a marvel fiend even though yeah where do you think marvel's going what do you think is going to happen with marvel i really don't know i think have you seen the shows like wandavision and uh falcon not really honestly i just didn't care about them enough right like i, I did not give a shit after endgame yeah like i was weird because i'm i love these movies because like mm -hmm in a weird way where like I don't love them for the reasons a lot of people like them I like them for like the filmmaking reasons and like it's just it's insane that these are like I don't know you know these interconnected movies and mm -hmm. they work you know they're yeah. even if one they're competent you know what I mean they're not shit yeah like, that's the thing like even if you know if like Black Panther to me I care less about that movie but mm -hmm it still is super impressive and it's like holy shit this works as a movie yeah even though it's like i probably won't watch it again yeah. but like yeah but then you have like iron man where I, I can watch that like so many times over and over avengers over and over like but like yeah it's just interesting now because um those shows um wandavision especially is almost like a fresh what oh i can't even talk a prep a breath of fresh air. I was gonna say a breath of breath air. Sorry, because <laughs> um, like yeah, it's uh, it's just short. Also, like it doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome. Because I was like, oh shit, we're getting TV shows now mm -hmm. of this shit. 
like the movies were already starting to feel overkill but then it's like just a nice six episode season and they're not going to make any more seasons and i'm mm-hmm. like oh this is sweet it's just like a little longer movie but and it also gives it more time to breathe because like mm-hmm. they just get time to be characters and i was like i really liked it and it feels like a movie at the same time like yeah. that's the weird part that really fucking blew my mind actually because like you know like the netflix movies daredevil and luke cage and all that mm-hmm. like i'm sorry they look low budget as fuck like yeah. you, you can tell even like agents of shield that other one that where they're it's connected with the marvel movies it feels low budget like i'm sorry if people like those i i like daredevil on those show I, I can't stand agents of shield and other shit like that they feel so low but they feel like tv but mm-hmm. then you watch wandavision and falcon it feels like a fucking movie like yeah. it looks like a movie and I, it blew my mind like and so that's the interesting part but but then yeah, I, just, I just see these trailers for the eternals and black widow and i'm like it just looks like more marvel movies i don't know i'm just like i'm so like teetering you know what i mean that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah yeah because like, yeah i guess it also helps too that the covid kind of um spread the time apart because mm-hmm. it's like wasn't i think black widow was supposed to come out like april last year wasn't it or something and like yeah it was supposed to start way sooner so like i think it would have been i think kind of helped because i kind of started missing seeing marvel yeah. in a way because mm-hmm. i was like hey there hasn't really been anything for a while because i wanted them to wait a year i'm like after endgame please just take a fucking break mm-hmm. endgame literally was the most perfect ending to that whole long wait and then we have fucking spider-man far from home right after it's like stop <laughs> like you just had that most biggest ending of your life and then you're like ant-man <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, okay. they definitely should have flushed something down the toilet after endgame just like yeah, take, like take just... this re re like recalibrate your expectations we're we're not going to be as good as endgame so, i mean right. those those heroes those characters those are people that i've grown up with i remember yeah. seeing iron man as a young child and that sparked off the entire thing we've been able to grow up with this entire series and yeah that's i think that's a part of me caring less about the shows is i just don't know who these people are like i I understand i love the comics i love i love comics i love what marvel's done in there the the old scale the old style comics those were they're just so good but now that iron man captain america I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. That's more of a Benedict Cumberbatch thing. But for a lot of these people, I'm kind of like, eh. Actually, I love Chris Hemsworth. I think that Thor is. Yeah. Uh, Ragnarok, really was, Ragnarok was one of my favorite. Yeah, Marvel they've really movies. found a good footing. That's the weird part, like, right? Where, like, I don't know, with Marvel, it's just like they always do stuff to make me start to care. Because, like, mm-hmm. Thor, I could give, like, the first two movies, I'm like, those are the most boring fucking I do not care for the first third yeah. first two Thor movies. They're they're so boring. I don't know, like not boring, but it's like you know, just they're just there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Then yeah, Thor Ragnarok comes in like, holy shit, what this movie is insanely good mm-hmm. and like stylized and like has a vision and it's funny. And I'm like, where the fuck like how did that where did this come from? And you know what I mean? So then it just feels reinvigorated. Even yeah. Captain America. Like the first movie i like the first one but then it's like 
all of a sudden winter soldier comes out and i'm like this is actually like a really good movie and mm-hmm. i'm like really well done action and it's like holy shit okay i'm interested now mm-hmm. it's just like it's yeah i just they always do that it's interesting but like if something kind of works they find like a better way to do it i don't know they always keep me intrigued yeah they definitely have a mold i think taika yeah. waititi the new zealand director that did thor he's one of my favorite him. directors i yeah. love him so much i, I recently uh, showed my parents jojo rabbit like, yeah i it's one of my favorites oh my god i adore that movie so much the uh, the hunt for the wilder people was awesome that's that yeah. might be one of my favorite soundtracks from a from a film i should rewatch that i don't remember the music too much from that it was i think it was all the same band and they it just really, it really captured the feel of it. Yeah, because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, re- I need to rewatch that. I love his films. Have you seen like seen uh, what we do in the shadows? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's good. He's so he's good. so good. Yeah, he came totally. in and just totally reinvigorated. Yeah, Thor. And I don't I'm know. Excited. I hope I hope they figure out something better for him in the next few movies because I think Endgame kind of they they neutered his character a little bit. I was a little bit sad yeah, to see to see Fat Thor come in after he came like totally came into his own and started to figure out what he was doing and who he was and becomes king of Asgard and then immediately just yeah they kind of decimated his his story arc. Kind of got a closure at the end with his mom. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I hope he's I hope he's on his way back. But now we get Natalie Portman as thor so yeah what are they doing with that are they gonna write chris hemsworth out or i have no idea because he's in it like he's the main star but then it's like i don't know if it's just like both of them are in it i have no idea yeah it just seems like a thor movie but then i don't know because i've seen like behind the scenes and just like i just don't see anything of natalie portman Mm -hmm. i'm just like well what the hell and that's all the whole story is about like natalie portman and chris hemsworth Whatever, I'll see it when it comes out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it looks interesting. How did you transition into music? You talked about that a little bit earlier. It was kind of the, um, the, the what the hell from everyone else when you decided to jump into the music game. Yeah. So, like, there was this, I guess, what was it? Back, yeah, like, back in high school, me and, like, a lot of, like, uh, like, um, who is it? Big, like, friends like um jacob roth and all those guys like every time we go to like their houses and like stupid house parties and stuff they always would do rap battles mm-hmm. and like it was i literally like i was fun because i would just we just roast each other and like yeah. shitty bars and like we we're just getting drunk and being idiots but then like it became like an, a recurring thing i remember we we're just like hey one, let's do a rap battle next party because it's funny and we'll just roast each other and but then just kept like doing it and like people really like i don't know it just felt fun it was fun mm-hmm. and i was like i actually like this shit and then i was like i've always been interested in like hip-hop like rapping and hip-hop and poetry and shit like that mm-hmm. and like i've always written poetry and music <clears throat> but it's like you know never have thought about making music in a way that makes sense like yeah. You know, or you just like you write, but then you're like, oh, I'm not never gonna record that or yeah. actually make it into a song. So I don't know how. And then it's like, yeah. So then years later, it's just yeah, with the rap battling stuff, it kind of just pushed me more to like maybe I can write <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. So then yeah, it was just like 
studying it more because I'm always because that's the thing with me I can't just do something thinking I can do it like even if I can do it I still I like to learn so like I still have to learn those techniques and everything so mm-hmm. then I just you know I don't know it's like with film right like I with that's why I like film is because uh I'm a nerd so I like all the technical aspects of it and learning those things and then with like hip-hop and like poetry it's just like that's what kind of like made me like it more is when thinking of it in like poetry kind of eye like this is how you write and this is you know uh, just english like you know what i mean like writing basically and i Mm -hmm. i like writing so that's where it just really i guess helped me push me towards that to start writing more music and actually release or recording it i guess Mm -hmm. because then uh yeah it was just I'm trying to remember. I don't hear what I'm saying, but yeah. Uh, what was I going on about? We were talking about the transition. Right. Let me say something I quickly forgot. But um, with the, uh, yeah, just like the technical aspects of like hip hop, because like, just learning all that and was like really what intrigued me to and started doing it, I guess. And like, um, but then, yeah, just with the storytelling, I guess what also like what I wanted to mention too was helped is because like going to back of like, you know, the collaborativeness of film and, and I guess there was like, you know, everyone go was the period of time, or I guess I was going through that period of time of like, just being more alone, I guess, you know what I mean? Or just mm-hmm. being to myself more often. And like, so obviously, and like just film in general, is just like, even short films, like you can't fucking make a movie alone. Like you can, but like, you know what, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so much that goes into that, but it's like, you know, I could write a comic book maybe or something like that, but it's not my forte. And I've always been into music and that's the thing. So it's just like, I was like, maybe I should just finally start learning. And then, yeah, I just kind of started. And I don't know, it just kind of happened. But yeah, it, what am I trying to say? I feel like I'm not making any sense right now. But basically, like, yeah, just uh, started learning the techniques and then applied them. But, but yeah, what am I trying to say? The transition to rap, though. It just basically comes down to like, I love technical aspects of it. Yeah, writing, mm-hmm. which, yeah, storytelling and everything, right? So, and even there's the different things with, in the, especially like poetry is, you know, like the English stuff. So, like, you know, alliterations, uh, allegories, metaphors, like, I'm just a sucker. I love that shit. And so, being able to do that and then, then having people, you know, actually respond to that, being like, yo, that's a dope line or something. I'm like, oh shit, that's thanks. Like it's really mm-hmm. cool. And like you can't just you can't get, you know, an immediate response sometimes in like film or like have people see that symbolism right away. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I really do like is that symbolism and being able to not to be to go a little abstract. I mean you can do that in film, but I guess what I'm yeah, basically doing it by myself and fully telling a story and in a way that 
however I want, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like I see, yeah, like I said, I, but just it's one of those mediums that you can lock yourself away in and you can make something alone mm-hmm. pretty much like as long as you know what you're doing. Again, you can do that with film, but way it's really hard. Right. Yeah, exactly. Where's my teeth? There it is. How, how do you start to learn about film and poetry? What was your process for that? Uh, that was like ever since I was a kid, like I've always just, I guess like, what was it? I guess I was like, I always wanted to be like making movies and then like, you know, YouTube came around. So it's like, I'm gonna be a YouTuber. Like literally like I have videos of me like in 2008, 2009, like wanting to be a YouTuber before it was like cool to be a YouTuber. Yeah. And like, just cause I was, I loved fucking around with the camera. Like I was making like dumb, sh- stupid videos before I knew what YouTube was like. Um, and like, so yeah, it was just that thing and just progressed. Cause you know, wanting to be like Smosh. So it's like mm-hmm. short films and like, <laughs> you, can, you can follow and make short films on the internet. Like <laughs> that type of shit. Right. So then, yeah. So that kind of helped. And just like the just yeah there was a difference of video and film i guess but yeah i've always wanted to make movies and then always been into writing but yeah i was just a writer i guess is my main passion storytelling this is what i kind of always encompass everything into try like this is what i what i say but um yeah uh yeah i just for the longest time but i think like but really coming serious into music though, like it was really around like high school, like really was when that started. It's like, I was like, okay, I taking it serious, like more serious and making, making music and even instrumentals and stuff like that. Cause I work on my own beats and stuff like with Liam, uh, Liam Davey in high school. Yep. Still work together. And yeah. So yeah. And interesting. Well, I remember in high school when, when there would be parties, I remember parties at Chris Dobbin's place and every, like you guys would get ready for a rap battle and then everything would stop. Everyone would go to the couches and you guys would stand on top of the table and just spit bars back and forth at each other. And I remember everyone just freaking out all the time. Yeah. That was so rem- fun. Yeah. Those were always a ton of fun. How do you, how do you maneuver the, there's a little bit of an instant gratification from some things in music and any creative endeavor. And then there's also the long-term gratification. So the things that you put something out and maybe you get 10 views on a video and then maybe some other videos you get hundreds of thousands of views. I think you're up at, you're in the, in the thousands for your newest song, same clock. And so how do you, how do you balance the, the, it's, it's very, it's very volatile. Some things are super successful. Some things aren't very successful. How do you, maneuver yeah. through that while still still staying positive because like yeah that's the one thing is like and yeah that's that's the main thing too and like that's what i because i get a lot of people like ask me that and like it's like how can you or how, yeah how do you just like because i feel like a lot of people have that issue especially nowadays because i see that a lot which like you know and freaking internet age we're in where everything it needs to you need to get this instant hit you know it has to ha- oh if i don't get it a response now then it's done and like you can't do that with i feel i don't know with art especially like mm-hmm. i don't know it's i can go on i can rant about that shit forever because it's just like please please do 
Yeah, because like, I don't know, because like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's weird, because like, I don't know, I guess music and, or just with anything, because it's like, I don't know, I'm just doing it because I want to do it, and it's like, yes, you, if you're taking it serious, like, if you're doing professional, yes, you need to care about marketing and blah, 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 and your, your views and stuff, but it's like also, yeah, it's just, I feel like when people, people when you're starting, I feel like a lot of people do give up when they don't get an instant response mm-hmm. or if it doesn't come from their first two songs. And it's like, that's not going to happen. Like, I don't know. I feel like you have to go in with that mindset. I mean, like you're not, I don't know. Even if you think you're good, you got to know you're not good. If that makes sense. Or yeah. think you're not good. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, maybe I'm just like too, too humble. Is that, is that too cocky to even stay? <laughs> it's just like, I'm too humble. Like, wait, that's, that sounds shitty. That's, 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 like, a, that's a perfect paradox. Right, yeah. I was like, wait, bruh. Um, yeah, I don't know, because it's, yeah. Because I've just seen it a lot on, like, online and stuff. Where it's just, it's like, no, oh, I want to, like, what? Twitch is a good example. Like, because I, like, I do, I, I stream on Twitch sometimes, like, when I edit. And, like, people there's a huge thing with that too because like like um just like a great example because it's like hey man i want to start streaming how do i do that it's like fucking google it like why are you asking a streamer like or it's just like i tried streaming but no one comes to my streams it's like i don't know what to talk about it's like well then why are you streaming or or it's just like yeah ah, it's just so weird to me where it's like what are you passionate about that's what it comes down to and it's just like yeah I don't know. It's just like, if I wasn't passionate about music, I probably wouldn't be making music or yeah, working in film if I didn't fucking love it so much. Like, mm. I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. It can, it's an abusive relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I find that it, it's beneficial to find things that the, so the thing that you're passionate about and the thing that you're doing, the thing that you're trying to get good at, it's good to find things outside of becoming successful that you can associate with that. So for me, what I've been doing here is learning how to speak and also learning how to read and write through this because it's all very language-based. So I've learned how to ask better questions and conversations and speak better and read better and kind of incorporate more ideas into the interviews that I, that I have and the conversations that I'm able to have. And I learn something from every single conversation. So that's the way that I frame all of this. It's not about becoming famous or having the greatest podcast in the world. That's the, that's the end game goal. But I feel that you need to have goals in the intermediary that are less transient than success. There are things that you could, like if you get better at the things that you're, if you get amazing at the things that you're trying that, what would be a good way to put this? The people that are hyper successful, in their areas number one they're super lucky you have to be just unbelievably lucky to be successful in anything and the thing with social media and the internet now is that people are able to be successful while they're still alive which hasn't always been a thing like uh van gogh he he was never famous like vincent van gogh he was never famous he died in like infamous not famous at all and people like picasso and tons of other artists and writers they all they all died unsuccessful or they became, they became very successful in their, 
in the later part of their life because it took so long for information to travel. And over time, the things that deserve our attention are replicated and they can, they're, they're conserved essentially. So something like the Bible is the best example of that. It's just something that's been around, it's been around for forever because of how good it is. Yeah. And the further, the, the closer you get to, to modern day, the more difficult it is to find the actual best things that were written during that time, if they still exist. So something yeah. like Dante's, the, like the Inferno and Purgatoria, those things are, they're, they're so good that they've transcended time. And now they're in our, our current epoch because of how good they are. But now we're in a place where I can tune into an 11 year old prodigy playing piano that maybe never would have been heard until he's 50, 60. So that's so true. Yeah. Or like maybe not even ever. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, exactly. Because now he has a camera on his mm -hmm. phone. That's the craziest part. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. So besides being lucky, I think that it's important to find something that the thing, find something that the most successful person in the area is the best at. So for me, I listen to people have conversations and listen to the way people think. And then I, and I listen to the, the top of those people. So the people that are the best at scientific reasoning and the best at question asking and the best at reading and writing and creative thinking, I listen to them and think, okay, what are they doing? How are they that successful? And then yeah. from there, you, you're essentially an apprentice to these people that are masters. And hopefully by the end of this entire journey, you're able to stand on the shoulder of giants. And that's yeah, the yeah. only way to really become successful is to kind of, like you said, admit, admit how shitty you are at things and take in a little bit of reality. Exactly. And that was the thing I was like, kind of forgot to mention too, is like, yeah, it's like every single thing I do, like I am learning and I, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. especially cause like I edit my own music videos and stuff too. And I do it for other artists as well. Like I will film and I edit music videos for people. And that's like the main thing is like, I never want to, not be learning a new technique when I'm editing that, or like doing some new transition or something or even with music like I don't want to be writing the same you know like structure for every single song or something mm -hmm. right like and that's what I like about that is that it can be so different but at the same time it's still all you or what you're trying to say mm -hmm. but you can twist it up or change it a little bit how do you do that it, take, it takes so much time to do that and so how do you you can you can totally flex on me right now because that's just so impressive that you're able to to video edit and do that for other people while also working a full-time job in film and development and also pursuing a rap career it just it just sounds like so much and it sounds yeah. like a very a very niche place to be it is very niche like i don't know it's just because that this whole thing is like it is like a hobby as well i guess is what it is like right i will literally just edit when i'm bored <laughs> or like yeah or yeah i get yeah that's pretty much it or like I, i'll watch youtube tutorials on shit like as i'm chilling or yeah or even at work i'll admit like i'll like i don't know that's a weird part like even there i always find that like it's really fucking pisses me off when people say like oh my god you listen to podcasts at work it's like fuck yeah i'm not gonna be as like a drone like <laughs> i'm not gonna stand with my dick in my hand like like doing nothing i don't know you know what i mean like there's times when like obviously do your work like i don't know because like there's a lot of just waiting around and like mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna yeah 
it's filmed. So like, there's a lot of just waiting around. So obviously I'm going to have something to occupy my ears yeah. when I'm standing alone for five hours, <laughs> like waiting for someone to yell cut. Like, so it's just like, yeah. So, and I, yeah, that's the thing. So I like to do, I don't know, multitask. Maybe it's just because the ADHD in me as well. So it's like, I just always need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it sounds like something that you really love as well. It sounds like something yeah, that you're passionate that. about. and to... Yeah, I do. Like, And that's the thing is I like, yeah, this is just the passion. I just love doing it. So it's fun. Yeah, I was going to, I learned this recently, but the term vocation comes from Latin. And the Latin translation is actually the call towards something. So it's not necessarily a profession, but it's to be called from and to something. And okay. yeah, so it's it's more of a it's, it's, yeah, it's a little it's a little bit of a you could say maybe it's a little bit more metaphysical than the term that we use right now, where you're being called by an external force towards something. It's that feeling that you get when I'm not sure you so for some people it's reading, for some people it's athletics, and for some people it's I'm not sure psychiatry or neuroscience or any of those things, but it's this thing that calls you and you feel drawn towards it. And it definitely sounds like that's something that you experience when, definitely. when you're, when you're working. Like, yeah, just like, yeah, especially then that's why I kind of like writing too. Cause it's like, you know, you can just, something will pop in my head and yeah, I guess that's totally makes sense. Cause I'll just randomly yeah think of, a thing like, Oh, that sounds so cool. I can't not just not write that down. Like, <laughs> So I literally will just, yeah, I have to always be like writing shit down. I think of some stupid pun or some <laughs> line that works, right? So it's just yeah. like, or even just ideas, like they're always random. So yeah, I like that kind of stuff. And how long have you been writing for? That's a, it's a difficult hobby to, to begin. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I've always like written stories since I was a kid and stuff, but like music, it's been year years like yeah i don't know been writing for a while it's all like different kind of stuffs like you know i have short stories or stuff here and there like write scripts music and uh, really like more serious i guess has been since high school so, mm-hmm. yeah actually doing the technically right way you know what i mean mm-hmm. Do you journal at all, or is it more just writing for the the narrative style storytelling or music? I like kind of journal. Yeah, I guess you could say that those are all one and the same. Like depending on like my, for me, I I write a lot of uh, I, I just write a lot of poetry. Yeah, that's more that's more my style. I'm I would love to start doing more long form storytelling because I think that would just be the most fun thing in the world. I sometimes I'll my parents watch movies and sometimes they're just the worst. And I just have, I have no idea how someone reads a script to a story and gives it the thumbs up like when things don't yeah. connect. Like, I feel like if I, if I watch a movie for five minutes, I can kind of tell whether it's going to be a good movie or not. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm not sure how the, how lots of stories get the green light. It's funny to me. No, absolutely. Yeah. I like that stuff. No, yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah. Like, and again, like too, like I always, it's not like completely, like it always depends, like script stuff. Like I probably have like 
five unfinished scripts you know what i mean it's just like yeah and it, yeah it's just you're, you're always adding ideas to them or something or with music like and even writing like i will tend to just word babble you know what i mean too that's mm -hmm. another thing it's just just fucking write yeah it's like oh, i have an issue i can't i can't write like it's that's like so weird like it's like i yeah so weird when i say that but basically that's i have trouble writing so i will just write because or else i just won't write mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes sense like oh i know i'm the exact same yeah so like whatever I'm, the fucking is in my head i just write it down it's just because or else i'm just doing nothing or i'm just mm -hmm. thinking of what to write and just like that's doing nothing so yeah yeah normally i'll I'll have about four or five documents open at the same time and I'll jump between them. If I'm editing, I'll jump between four or five documents because I'll, I'll read it once and then like, I'll, I'll read it. And as, as I'm reading it, I'm editing it a bunch. But the first time I put something on paper, it's just absolute hot garbage. So yeah. it's a flaming exactly. dumpster fire. And then I have to edit it probably 50 times before it's anything worthy of. Other thing that always deteriorates people is like, yeah, your first thing you're ever going to write is always going to be shit. Yeah. Like, and anything it's just gonna be absolutely the worst thing pot like yeah so it's just like you just got to keep right always right like it's just yeah yeah that's Any, anything you do you're just going to be horrible at it to start off and then i feel like a lot of people are deterred by that now the, exactly. that that initial learning curve because once it once you start to learn something then it starts to become fun and then there's just this super cool fast feedback loop where it becomes fun or you become better and then it becomes fun and then you become better faster, which makes it even more fun. And then you just yeah. can't stop doing it like right now. I'm writing a, I'm writing a script for one of my introductions and I decided to incorporate. It's kind of a, kind of a story, kind of a poem, but it's uh, maybe a, a bad example or a good example of bad writing, but hopefully it turns out well, but it just, it takes so long to actually write something and put it down onto paper and then edit it into something that you're proud of. Exactly. Yeah, like, especially with music, like when I'm, you're trying to do something with themes, like, and tell a story, because like, like, especially like what I'm doing now is like my next project is a kind of a part two to a, I did like a remix tape called Rip My Nostalgia. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I remixed themes of like, yeah, movies and music and stuff like that and wrapped over top. And so this one, I'm literally just kind of doing the part two of it. And like, it takes me so freaking long. And I, I, these songs take me the longest to do, even though it sh seems like they're the easiest, but they're not. Cause yeah, it's like, okay, so this song, like for example, right now I have a song working on that is uh, like a lo-fi remix of the Twin, Peak, the Twin Peaks theme, mm -hmm. uh, theme song. And like, so then, but it's like very sexy sounding in a way. So I'm like, okay, sweet. So I'm like, okay, so I'm obviously I'm gonna make it about a girl. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, the show is about like a girl who goes missing in a small town and it gets very surreal. Like it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Like it's fucking amazing. If you have never seen it, you gotta watch it. Um, I'll, I'll watch it. I haven't seen it. I'll go watch it after this. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's literally though, it's just girl dies in small town, cop goes to try to find out what happened. And it's just the craziest shit in the world. And it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. but that's all you need to know and then like so yes yeah, so and then it's just like okay how do i kind of like you know incorporate that into a song and so like my song is just about like this girl that i'm entranced with and like and things you know start to get weird 
mm-hmm. I guess. Basically. So just kind of taking those themes and then, but also making it a story. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, so, yeah. It's very interesting. It's instead of just if I had a normal song that wasn't based off Twin Peaks, <laughs> yeah, anything, but I have to like set it to a certain structure, or like another. Like I have a Zelda song, right? That I'm making, that I should be releasing soon, actually. And like, it's another another song, kind of about a girl, but it's a different. Like basically, it's about like um, reconnecting with like a a person. Mm-hmm. The song is kind of about. So it's like an old flame that I had and then years afterwards like oh hey let's catch up and yeah oh it's actually kind of going good now and but also so there's the theme or a story I guess but then I also am like well I do need to incorporate it, it's a it's a Zelda beat so I'm like I do need to incorporate Zelda things in right a way, but not be cheesy because I don't want to just say Zelda puns like you know what I mean like I hate that shit yeah I fucking hate songs that are just puns or just yeah or just you know like uh, let's link up you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> link up girl like if there's right. some shit like that or, well I'll, yeah. I'll hold you to it if i hear that lyric okay i gotta write it <laughs> <laughs> let's link up girl <laughs> i didn't write that <laughs> do you uh do you do you think in words how do you think I would, I would give you the, like some people think in images and some people think in words. So for example, the, the, the director of, um, I forget his name right now, but the, like Ponyo, do you know, do you know who, what the director's name is? Like the Miyazaki? Yeah. 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 So the he, Ghibli film? yeah. So the, so the, the main most successful director of Studio Ghibli, he does his storyboard first. So he does all of his drawings and then he gives it a script. And I know that there are some musicians that will write the song first and then they'll come up with lyrics after. So I think there are some people that, I think they're even, I think they're more rare, but people that think in sound compared to. And that's honestly like, yeah, it really depends. Because like sometimes I do, yeah, I write out the story and then I make up the song afterwards because it's like, but then sometimes it's like I will. That's the thing; it all depends because like sometimes I will go in r- thinking I'm going to write just the story, and then all of a sudden I just have the rhymes in my head. Like I'm just start writing the rhymes, and it's not like it's the finished song. It's just like okay, sweet, and then like I'll completely stop thinking of rhymes and I'm just go back to the story, and like okay, sweet how can I structure that again? But also like those rhymes I just wrote. So then I'll just keep incorporating that as I, as I go in a way. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, sometimes I'll just get a random burst like, Oh, that rhyme really works. I'll use that. Or I'll just write that down really quick. Like if I'm just explain, sometimes I'll just like write down explaining something and then it sounded better if I rhymed it or like, you know, I'll really literally just write a word down. Like, Oh, that word rhymes with this word. Like that's, that's kind of how mm-hmm. it works. Right, and then just kind of keep going. Or again, if I'm having troubles, I like Zelda can go over like my writing like techniques sometimes, or sometimes I do this like the Zelda song, for example. Like, um, what did I write down? Where is 
Let me structure this shit. So like, oh no, like words like I wanna incorporate, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's like, sometimes I'll just think of like the words I want. So it's like, I want the word calamity in the song. Cause it's like calamity Ganon is a character and calamity is just a cool word and so much you can do with that, like end of things, right? So right. Mm -hmm. I want that word or there's like, um, uh, like little things like, oh yeah, like I wanted like, it, yeah, again, like image. Like I'm always like, that's the other part where you, I'm thinking of images from the game or things that you, you do, right? So it's like, uh, I have a line where as the rain pour, as the rain pours, I slip struggle to hold on, but I keep pushing on just for you cause, and cause literally in the game, like as the rain pours, you literally slip off of shit and it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> like it's, it's annoying to climb things and like, and yeah. So you, I was like, okay. Like, kind of works as a line mm -hmm. uh, yeah i wrote that as and then incorporated that kind of afterwards it was like how can i incorporate that in talking about a girl <laughs> slipping off a mountain i'm like yeah. it works though mm -hmm. i want to going coming for you girl <laughs> well it's cool you're building on something as well i find that that's a the, the more that i read the more that i understand the the underlying web of information that readers share. So there, there are some, the Bible just gets referenced all the time in so much different writing. And so if you don't, if you haven't read the Bible, then you're at a, you're not at a disadvantage, but you're not maybe understanding the full picture because the author could be saying something explicitly, but then there's something also under the surface of what they've said. Right. Uh, and um, in Hard Times by Dickens, there's a scene close to the beginning where they're, it's a um it's a it's a biblical reference but it's a bunch of kids in a in a schoolhouse and i think the biblical reference is to like the massacre a massacre of children and what happens in the schoolhouse is their creativity just keeps on getting pushed down the 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 teacher tells them what to think he's 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 talking about horses and what a horse is and a girl gives a more emotional answer towards what a horse is as to what she sees and then he gives he makes another student give an objective answer to what a horse is. So all of these different joints and tendons and angles and teeth. And, and then he says, yeah, so that's kind of the, and then, so there's a comparison between the two and Dickens is bringing in the a biblical text to give a deeper understanding of what it is, or he's, he's referencing back to this thing that is, um, gives it, it just gives it, it, it makes it richer. It yeah, adds yeah. An, an element, or it adds a layer to it. So I think that's but cool also, that you're doing that with that with your your sound, yeah. your songwriting. Exactly. Like I, I love that stuff because because it, it's also the, the trick to it. Because I again, because I'm that weirdo. As I love references, but I hate references. Mm -hmm. Like I like like you said that perfectly. Where yeah, it it makes it richer, but also like you don't need to have read or understand. Or just you know even a base knowledge of what that text is that he is referring to mm -hmm. and there's actually a word for that called i love reading about this actually called intertextuality mm -hmm. where like yeah media within media type of thing where you know like um, star wars for example where like 
the Sh Millennium Falcon comes in the scene. Great, everyone knows the Millennium Falcon, like or you don't, or little things like that. Where because I think that's a good example where, yeah, it's based off of preconceived things, I guess, mm -hmm. but also um, I think that's what it means. Just trying to remember. I'm just trying to remember what I was talking about before I started talking about intertextuality. What was I talking about? We were talking about the Zelda song and the, the layers between music and narrative right. structure and then on top of something that's already been created. Right, okay, yeah. Because yeah, I like that because I hate straight up references. Mm -hmm. Like example of maybe, sorry if people like this movie, but like Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. Even the book is fucking trash. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> like the movie is I can't I I hate the movie, mm -hmm. and it is one of those things of examples of that stuff that you just you have you, either you need to know in a way some of it, like there is a bit of it where I'm like okay it works if you have never seen it, but a lot of it is just fucking references for the sake of a reference and nothing else but have a thing there, and it does nothing to push anything forward, no development or character. And then sometimes, or and then you have, um, what's a good example I had in my head? Like Lego movie, mm -hmm. where you have fucking randomly Lego Batman as a side character, but it works perfectly because all those little mannerisms of Batman are being played on and also he is a character. Yeah. Like, and, but you don't necessarily have to know what Batman is also to get his character right like, like, just happens to be batman that is lego like it's i guess that that makes sense and like yeah but he literally comes in into his own character mm -hmm. and then he also gets his own movie lego bat <laughs> <laughs> no i totally think you're right i think that when references overstep they become fan service yeah that's exactly and yeah and i like it when he, yeah i just like it to be a little smarter yeah, when it's yeah. subtle, it, it's so cool when, when there's subtle fan service, and it's yeah. more of an Easter egg than anything else. Exactly. And I mean, that's that's what it was in the Stickens book. Is it's it, it's not explicit at all. It's just yeah an, an Easter egg that if you've read it or in the footnotes, it's there. But if you hadn't if you hadn't read it, it doesn't change the story at all. And if you have read it, then it might give you a little bit more. But it's not something that's required, and it doesn't alter the the story. Yeah, and I like that stuff. Cause like, um, it's really funny because like, uh, I was reading about it a while ago. But like, um, I was gonna say J.R. Tolkien. So I was gonna say R. Martin. <laughs> Freaking Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings. One of the I, an amazing interview. Kind of blew my mind because he's just the one person I just think of as, you know, the. What's I can't even find the right word, but basically. It was the interview was about like um, how people look at Lord of the Rings and you know, like it, it was an interview with him and someone was basically like, so this is, you know, all metaphors for World War II, right? And well, what are orcs? Are these black people? And it's just like, literally like everyone, and that was a huge thing at the time. And like people still th think this day and you know, it was a metaphor for World War II because that was the time period that he was in and mm -hmm. he was in World War II and it does make sense. But in these interviews of, of Tolkien, he literally dismisses all of this stuff about metaphors and his work being allegories for things. And it's kind of hilarious because like 
He's like, yeah, I, no, I just wrote a book on fucking orcs. <laughs> like literally, he's like, has nothing to do with the war. I don't care. It's like this isn't a metaphor for anything, you weirdo. He's like, I just wanted to make a cool fantasy novel, and like that's literally how we looked at it. But then like, I watched, and then it like, yeah, the interview because it was a part of this thing where, you know, now media is such this is such a different thing now where like it's almost subconsciously that probably it's what he probably is talking about like even if he wasn't explicitly saying these orcs are like talking about world war ii it's like there's no way he possibly could not have taken his experiences and put like not and put those into that book or mm-hmm. like even if or like if it wasn't you know, someone can still take that also and put that experience in. It's just kind of interesting. Like, it doesn't have to be a, a straight up, like, this is what it is type of thing. And like, even because it almost seemed like, and that's the thing too, right? It almost blatantly feels like a World War II commentary, like the mm-hmm. books. Like, but then again, he like, he, he thinks like, I don't know where people get this from, but it all because it almost feels like you know psychology like psychology where he experiment or something it's just yeah like, you got the psychoanalyst saying that he's projecting his experience onto yeah, exactly. paper but he's, he's like oh i was just writing a novel but mm-hmm. and then yeah it's just i find that so interesting too but then in a way i kind of do feel like they're yeah it's like i there's no way he was just writing about it works like i don't know i feel like people are deeper than they give themselves the right to be mm-hmm sense yeah i don't know and that's why i like storytelling and creating is just you can take it however way you want to even if it's the the way that the author didn't intend in a way right yeah yeah you can conceive your own ideas from reading something it doesn't have to be something that the there's a there's a marriage between ideas of yours and those of the authors and those create something else exactly create a different idea in your head and i because it's actually so funny so like sorry about no no really blew my mind like the interview with Tolkien like it just it literally just seems like such the biggest thing he's like oh book about orcs yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's just like so weird it just he just seems like that guy would be so you know yes this means this and that it's Lord of the Rings you know? yeah no, he's like nah just wrote a book <laughs> <laughs> I think that that might be what makes people like that so successful when they're just writing for the sake of writing rather than writing to make political commentary is that they're 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 making an abstraction of all of the different heroes that they've ever come into contact with so instead of writing about one particular person or one particular experience they're writing this abstraction of so i think that sam was the hero's journey in in lord of the rings exactly Him, him and frodo are kind of a it's funny because if you put them into one person, then they become more of a whole person. But yeah. the two of them together Definitely operate as a more as like a, Yeah, there's like a dual persona yeah. in them as one person, but as as differing characters, they complement and grow with and for each other. And so what what Tolkien does is take abstractions of every hero's journey story and puts those into the his characters and allows for them to grow at their own pace and Exactly. rather than rather than starting off with this idea of he, he's not starting with politics you can 
you can you can superimpose politics onto Tolkien, but Tolkien isn't superimposing politics into Lord of the Rings. Really reads well too. Like mm -hmm. rereading it, like there are there's I, I have a really big trouble with a lot of fantasy novels or just fantasy in general because it can be a lot of just expository and it's expository of a lot of the same shit. Like mm -hmm. not to be like rude, but it's like a lot of fantasy can just be generic. You know the this is this this is the hero and blah blah he has his mentor dude blah blah saves the queen that guy dies great <clears throat> but it's like you know and then the politics stuff or you know we have the, the world building and stuff we gotta make this boring ass fucking world and it's like but then like you see like tolkien and yeah he it's so well done and it's not like overly yeah overdone like what you just said like yeah, I don't know. It, it feels so well done. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it just flows. It's so natural. It, yeah, and like, it's so weird because Lord of the Rings seems like, you know, the generic of all generics, but mm -hmm. it's not. Like, it's it's really not at all like every other fantasy. It's so strange. I fucking love Lord of the Rings so much. Sorry, like, I could go. Oh, I could. I could. I could go on on Lord of the Rings for forever. Fellowship yeah. was the first book I ever cried at. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah, the books are fantastic. I haven't read them in so long though. Like I read The Hobbit recently, a couple of years ago, because mm -hmm. I wanted to see if that actually was like, it was like no way these are as long as the movies, and yeah, it was short. Fucking yeah. Canceled. Yeah, The Hobbit is a uh, shorter than any of the Lord of the Rings series, Wild. but then then they yeah. expand that into three movies, and each book in Lord of the Rings was its own. And I miss those. I miss those days when movies weren't strain for everything that they could right. do I, I, it blew my mind that three movies worth the hobbit and the battle of the five armies is literally half a page yeah like that's the part that that's why i wanted to reread it again i'm like there's no way this shit is like there has to be added in stuff and like, it, like yeah yeah I, it was like a year or two ago i wanted to just reread it to see because again i haven't read it since i was a kid and i was just like I remember just being thin because mm -hmm. I watched the yeah because I think extended versions came out and I watched them and I just hated them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Hobbit, Lord yeah. of the Rings, perfection. That's a and the extendeds are perfection. Oh, Fifteen-hour marathon that you'll you'll never yeah. regret. I love them so much. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really that's an interesting one with like metaphors and a hero's journey and like that in Star Wars, right? Where it's like it's literally just them show, like having fun, and then now there's so much, I guess, politics thrown into them mm -hmm. in a way. When really, yeah, it was just a dude having fun, like writing and making up shit, like yeah, which I just find so fascinating. Well, I'm I'm heartbroken that uh that women can't be vulnerable in storytelling anymore. Right. Like Ray's just an absolute Mary Sue. There's yep. it's no wonder that, that nobody perfect. liked her. She was just perfect the, from the right from the beginning. So many things that shouldn't have worked with her character at all. There was such little consistency. Yeah, it's uh it's unfortunate. Yeah. And like uh yeah, fuck me happens a lot and like you just can't 
then I could talk about women in film, but I shouldn't. But uh, I want to get my ass kicked. I, <laughs> I was going to say, we, I, get, I get 10 views per episode kind of thing. So <laughs> there, there aren't a lot of people. It's more for us. No, yeah. it's, it, um, if it, it's probably something that needs to be said. Same with Captain Marvel. That was something that... Uh, oh, that was one of the worst, absolute waste, biggest waste of times I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's super annoying. Like, you just need to make a movie. Like, I, I don't know. It's just really annoying to me. Like, this whole thing of we like, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say because like I, there does need to be representation in film, but I really it's, it's so hard. I gotta tiptoe around this. I hate the I not hate. I think people are getting too wrapped up in the idea about representation in film. Mm-hmm. And they, we just, they, it's really annoying because, like, you just need to make fucking good movies and just, that's it. Like, I, there, this talk about, you know, you know, maybe it is because, I don't know, and that's why, I, like, I always think maybe I just need to learn more, blah, blah, because I am a white man and that's, you know, and again, like, you know, we have seen that for so long and, like, I do agree that there does need to be representation of things but again it's also like what am i going on about like um yeah it it can't substitute Mm -hmm. for a good story or just a good movie that's what i mean like yeah you can't substitute that and it's really pissing me off about like so many movies are starting to just do this now where it's changed things because you can or for some reason or i don't know it's just so annoying there's the the moral obligation to change things i i'm not okay i I don't know go back 30 years and i think that besides besides stallone and uh like not not rocky rambo so go watch rambo go watch predator then go watch Alien and go watch Terminator. Those are just like T2, Alien, the most badass yep. chick characters in the entire world. Like your character should not suffer for diversity. And, yep. and I don't think that characters should suffer to give women the impression that they have to be perfect all the time. Yep. Those are fundamentally flawed characters that grow over their time. They don't start off as perfect. And I think that's a part of it is having, like you said, the theme of a movie should not be put at a higher value than the content of the movie or any, any type of writing for that matter. And what it does is just make you not like a character. It doesn't like you make you like a film and then it just makes it even worse. So then it, it, then it has people, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of diversity quotas and shoehorning random diversity into a film or into a story just for the sake of having diversity. Obviously that should be, and especially pre-established that's the yeah part that gets right right like it's i can't yeah that's the thing that really just is annoying is when it's just here you here's the things you like but it's going to be different now it's mm-hmm. just like okay like give me like because that's the whole issue like because like like captain marvel for example where captain I marvel's didn't a dude like it oh yeah oh. In, in the comic books captain marvel's a dude was he a, I thought he was a girl at first, or did he switch? 
Wasn't it like two Captain Marvels? I think so. I think it turns into a girl later on. But the okay. origin Captain Marvel, I think, is a dude. I think his name's yeah. Adam. Or is that the DC version? I know there's a Captain Marvel in DC. But they had to switch names. Hmm. I might be I might be tripping. No, no. Yeah, I'm, you you probably know more than I do. All right, I don't I don't even know. Just, just sorry, I cut you off. Uh, yeah, where it's just like that movie is just awful because it's a terrible movie. But like, that's one where you know I don't get mad because character was an established female character, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you need. But like, this is where it gets iffy in comic book movies because it's like it works if it's you know being established because now we're getting these things like iron heart if you know what that is where it's a comic book where it's it's a black girl iron man now Mm -hmm. um and now we're getting the film the the disney plus show of it now because tony stark's dead so now this black girl is gonna take care but that came from the comics and that was it literally just to turn iron man into a black female Mm -hmm. but it does work because it it's not just a reboot or changing you know what right. I mean? it's literally like oh and now i can see it working in the movies because it's literally like hey tony stark's dead this person is like you know the protege or whatever comes in and picking up the mantle type of thing mm-hmm. so that's where i can see it working but like yeah just straight up changing things for no apparent reason is annoying I think they did that with uh, the Eternals. I think I've seen the first, like yeah, I've, I've seen the first trailer, but like the Eternals are. Salma uh, Hayek was apparently a, uh, her character's a guy, apparently, mm-hmm. and like that's where I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's weird because I almost don't care because it's like who the fuck even knows the Eternals? Yeah, it's like Ghostbusters is the biggest example. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like like that has no purpose whatsoever to have been a reboot of with, with women and it did nothing for the film whatsoever like do well, i think it i think it took it down a few notches if anything oh, yeah it, it was awful but like and that's what i mean like that's a great example of just changing it for a quota and having it do absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and it's like okay great yeah if it can be incorporated into the storytelling and yeah exactly obviously representation is super important but and I would have been changing an entire, sorry, changing an entire oh. character just to fit a quota is yeah. frustrating. Exactly. And it, I totally would have been fine. And also how, how you do it in context, because like, it would have been fine. And like what they're doing now, and that, I don't want to really talk much of it. But another thing, too, I worked on the new Ghostbusters. I was like right after high school, I mean, not high school, right after I graduated film school, my first like big. I worked on was actually Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Afterlife, which was really fun. And um, that is one where, just because they're in trailers, it's weird because, like, um, it's not out yet. But, like, basically, the two main characters is are one female girl, female, they're two kids basically, but one's a female and one's an Asian kid, Asian mm-hmm. boy. And it's like, you know what I mean? Just from like hearing that. It sounds like like what we're just talking about, where it's just let's chuck these in because that's what's needed. That's what's hot right now. Mm-hmm. Women and Asians. And yeah. literally, like that's kind of what is in. But it is incorporated into the story perfectly because it's like this is Egon's daughter or 
Egon's granddaughter, sorry. And then it's her friend from high school or not high school, just friend from school that is into tech and they're both just nerds and right. it just works. And it's not just, yeah, it's just like, they're just there. It's just, the, it's, yeah, it's just, the it, it's incorporated very well. Mm-hmm. It's his granddaughter. It's just interesting seeing like how you can do it again, but have it done right. Like yeah. you can have, you know, Ghostbusters, but why the fuck does it have to be a reboot? Like, mm-hmm. whoa, why do you have to ignore the amazing already established like original that's the like that's the thing that killed yeah. it so yeah there's it's always a depending type of thing what and like a ton of those movies just bomb anytime that identity politics get too steeped in things and i think it might have been it might have been good like a lot of the times i think that especially the the new wave feminist movies they just alienate 50 percent of their target audience like if you're just going to completely alienate men from watching your movie then your box office isn't going to be as big but like, i don't know looking looking in the past it doesn't seem that there's a glass window that needs to be shattered right now there have been tons of badass women in movies and and film that haven't been the damsel in distress and i'm, I'm not sure why the why that history has been more or less just like erased just glossed over like no that didn't happen now we need to now really there's been me. an oppression and it's almost like and i brought it up to people like there's even um like my film class like there's one time where it's like there's no women directors ah, where there's well, there needs to be more women directors in film and i'm just like have you heard of this lady have you heard of patty jenkins have you heard of blah blah, blah? have you heard of this and like oh, it's so annoying like, it's just like i can name a million fucking amazing female directors mm-hmm. and it's like do your fucking work or it's just Ah, it's so weird to me like it's, it's uh, yeah it's like it has to be a big blockbuster for it to make everyone happy mm-hmm. like for some stupid reason i don't know it's just weird well and i a lot of the time i don't really know who's i don't know who's directed a movie unless it's a really good movie and then i'll go and look at the directors it's not as if i'm going to films that only have male directors there exactly. was a there was a bill burr Bill Burr was walking out of a comedy show one day and there's this video of a lady running up to him and she keeps on asking him why there aren't any female comedians. And yes. Bill, Bill Burr says, nobody cares what's between your legs. Like, if you go out and kill every single night, nobody's going to care if you're a male or a female. Yeah. Go and kill every single night and you'll be successful. It's nobody so, cares. It's so true. And that's like, that's the one, and like, that's the part where I don't even like, again like you heart like uh to almost not even like think about because i like to me yeah you just said aliens alien and terminator 2 are just fucking amazing movies amazing action films it's just i don't even think twice about the fact she's a woman like who who really gives a shit mm-hmm. like you know what i mean she, it's just they're badasses it's a kick-ass film boom that's like I don't need to write an essay about how well she's a she's a strong woman and well, it's just weird to me. Like, what does it do? Mm-hmm. But like, and yeah, it's just so weird. And it's almost yeah, it gets so ignored. Any like a, a great example, um, same year as Ghostbusters, the female that came out was Annihilation. You seen that one with mm-hmm. Natalie Portman? Yeah. It like super well done, super smart 
all starring females, all star like who are, are in roles of scientists, mm-hmm. very smart females. And then, you know, it's everything that these people fucking want in the movies and it then bombs at the box office. Yeah. So it's like fuck you for complaining about there's gonna be no movies for, for female led because you're not going to no one's you're not going to go see them. Like that's the one ah, it's just so annoying. Like there are a million movies like this that come out every year that people complain that there isn't a movie of but they just because they don't see it like that's what gets me yeah go vote with your dollar it's the best thing you can do yeah literally that's it like that's the biggest thing is voting with your dollar it's like and this thing with like black filmmakers it's like what the hell there's like every year there's a black movie and black filmmaker out like where why is it all of a sudden this thing about there's no black filmmakers like what the hell like I can name a billion black filmmakers like for you. Like it's it's so crazy to me. Maybe it's because like I'm a film head, but it's like, yeah, it's just like people complain, but they don't know what they're complaining about. I was gonna say, I think that I think that's what ends up happening is that people have an a priori of what they believe and they don't try to disconfirm that bias at all. They just go out and find the well, first off, I don't even think people go off and try to find things that confirm their bias but they just say that their bias is true without looking into it and yeah like you said you you know far more than i do and the fact that you can name like female directors and and black storytellers it's yeah i i hope that uh the identity politics and everything stops and i don't think that i don't think that i don't think that equality of outcome in every single thing is going to happen and I don't think exactly. that that's exactly what we want. If we want the, if we want the best storytellers, then we probably just want the best storytellers, not the black, not the best black or female storytellers, or Asian or even white. Like, I don't care if it's. I, I look at the the music industry, and that's been largely black led yeah. since since the the colonial founding of America. It's just been black people coming up with revolutionary music time and time again exactly and and i never i know i've never looked at music and said well we need more white people creating different types of music i don't i don't think that exactly does the i don't think that that gives music the best opportunity to flourish if i'm saying only these people are allowed to work on this and exactly. if anybody else does then it's it's racist or it's sexist or it's any of those things exactly and like the whole thing too of like yeah, it's just it, calling it that stuff too. Like you know, like black, like just even saying black movies, like mm-hmm. it's a black person movie. It's like maybe it's just like it is important for people to have you know a black movie, but it's like I don't know. It's weird. I'm not. I don't have white movies. Like what the <laughs> fuck. Like you know what I mean? Maybe because that's we'll say you know that's because that's all movies so, since the beginning of time. It's always been white, but it's like I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, well, I I saw an interview with uh, Keegan Peel. I think that's his name. The no yeah. Keegan Jordan Peel. Jordan no uh, no the, the yeah not the Keegan. director. Sorry, not Keegan. Keegan's the taller guy, right? Yeah. On the Keegan. one who went and the one who didn't get out. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He he has an interview where he talks about like he doesn't want to do white movies. I, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Like I would, yeah, I'd love to know what that does mean because that's interesting to me. And like, 
because the thing I really liked about it, that's so weird is like the thing I liked about his movies too is like well kind of get out because it was about being black but it's like it wasn't explicitly just like about being black if that makes sense like the, I guess it was an undertone of like about racism but it wasn't right. like hey I'm black you know what I mean like yeah. a lot of movies will do or yeah beat you over the head with it and same with us like I thought us worked I really liked us mm-hmm. and yeah I should watch that a bit ago and then it also had a bit of undertones of like racism but it wasn't explicitly like yeah beating you over the head I felt with it yeah which is nice yeah yeah well that's the I'm, I'm I go to movies to be entertained if it's a good movie then I'll I'll like yeah. it and I'll keep seeing the director or the whatever whoever the writer is but I don't know if it's a bad movie. I don't want to go see it. Like I don't want. To, I don't really like Star Wars anymore. I don't really want to go and watch exactly. any any more Star Wars stuff because they really botched the new movies. Yeah, I'm done. Actually, I watched The Mandalorian, and that shit was fucking amazing. So. Mandalorian was sweet. That was tight. Yeah, that's the annoying part, man. With Disney, it's like I get so tired, and then they just, one thing will come out, and it's phenomenal. I'm like, oh, you, you reeled me back. This yeah. Like, but then you then they do one more thing, and you're like, oh fuck, Disney, come on. Yeah. yeah. The Mandalorian also didn't shoehorn in any identity politics. They were pretty clean with it. It was just no. it was just a story about a bounty hunter. Until the second season and then they needed their fan service. Yeah. But, yeah they, so, you gotta bring that in. Luke. Yay. <laughs> yay, yay. Finally a version of Luke that's not new. I know Luke. I remember Star Wars. <laughs> it's like what the fuck was the point of that shit? I hated that so much. Sorry, like what do I am ranting about Mandalorian? <laughs> it's like literally everything was perfect and then you have fucking Luke show up hey guys <laughs> sorry you, you gotta get the fan service in man you, you gotta it was just so weird it was like what did this again like what what yeah Star Wars hey I'm I'm curious do you listen to yourself when you when you rap oh yeah yeah over and over did you find that tough to begin with? Somewhat. It's it is tough, but it's like I it it's, it still is tough, but like it's just how stuff you have to kind of get over. And like mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if I think I kind of knew that from the start because I've always had that issue, especially with, you know like video. It's just like not liking my voice on video, but it's just like you have to get past that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and then just trying to tweak it a bit, whatever you think kind of sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do multiple takes, of course, but yeah. But then sometimes it is literally just you have to just release it, like, or just finish it, type of thing. Yeah, so, you got to put it out. Yeah. And what do you, what would you say your support network is like for? your creative endeavors creating music and creating video content i listened to your song ghost and that seems to have the theme of moving away from people that don't support you and kind of building in with people that do yeah um like what about it sorry well what was your what was your creative process for that what's the the, you're, you're touching on a lot of themes and so how do you how do you cultivate a 
a community around you that supports you and how do you step away from people that don't so like uh i just mainly because like i guess it kind of helps them like very vocal about things or like and also like i like to show that i'm or what is it i guess i, I it's kind of obvious the things that i'm passionate about sometimes mm-hmm. so like people like i will find what gravitate towards that which i kind of like which is good and like i kind of do or like make sure i do incorporate that and that's why i do love making these like uh remix songs because it's like yeah it, people will listen sometimes if it's just and it is annoying but a thing they like you know that's again pre-established or something but then it can i can show them my interpretation of that or just a cool cool thing to listen to that based off of something they might have liked like zelda or whatever right like Mm -hmm. so little things like that or star trek song i have right or and to me it's just interesting too like um really how many you don't see the big overlap and it's really interesting actually especially on reddit like there's not a huge overlap overlap of hip-hop fans and star trek fans so like it is very interesting seeing the reception of that and being like damn this song slaps or like i have no don't know jack shit about star trek or it's like the vice versa of like i don't like hip-hop but this is awesome or yeah and then like or then you will get those random mixes of like oh this is like people who are like me who like both like you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting and yeah it is does help but um yeah i guess like yeah mainly just i think just the fact that i'm vocal about things and like i show that yeah how do you market yourself in that sense you just talked about reddit a little bit and you are quite active on YouTube. So how did you get into marketing yourself? I guess you have prior experience with all of the YouTube and movie making that you did when you were younger, but how was that? Yeah, you go. It was just, yeah, there's a lot of uh, research, I guess, like as a marketing, like you do have to take that stuff serious if you are, you know, yeah, you just, if you want to take stuff serious, you have to take it serious Mm because in a way, but like, I don't, I don't uh, kill myself over it in a way like some people do. Like you can't like worry about it, but you have to like lean into it. Like you know what I mean? Like algorithm, I guess. Like work with the algorithm, but don't let it be. You know, take you down or beat you. right. Because that's the annoying part. Is yeah, it's YouTube, man. Like the algorithm crap. I just hate, I hate that. I hate it. But mm. You do have to do it a little bit and understand it, like thumbnails and blah blah blah, descriptions, and it's just so weird to me. Like, yeah, but it works, and yeah, just it is time consuming, but like Reddit and stuff, like that. But to me, it's also kind of fun, like um, just putting it out there for little things, and that's why it does help with these uh, remix tapes, where I can throw it to thousands of star trek forums or or stuff like that or and you know and then they find my and then oh i like your music whatever or a video game you know i can put it in the zelda subreddit or if there's a streamer i watch that plays zelda then i'll be like hey uh 
check out this song, you know? And then, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just like, you, you get all these different avenues and different niches of people. And especially on the internet, like just, there's so many of them. Right. So mm-hmm. I just found that really helpful starting with like small groups because yeah, I'm small as fuck. I don't know. Yeah. You gotta start off small. So you can't just be hitting up those big subreddit like you know what i mean like you're not gonna get anywhere and that's why it's so hard on youtube because people i think or anywhere they don't think about this you gotta one big thing too especially with a lot of things you have to do those smaller goals to reach the big goals Mm -hmm. that's another thing i kind of learned is like they really set super fucking small like you know i want to get 10 views on this song or 10 plays Mm -hmm. like set realistic goals don't be like this song is gonna get a thousand hits man like that you know what i mean (laughs) you're gonna feel better about yourself and it's definitely gonna like be better in your music too like yeah i don't know that makes sense like set realistic goals for what you want to set or like yeah little things like set there oh i want to release a song a week or something like that or song about my mom Stuff like that helps. And, and uh, what's just to wrap this up? What what are you going into in the future? What ideas do you have for yourself? Um, mainly more music and trying to uh, more music videos and stuff. I kind of want to do more visual kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's see where it goes. Been working on some new albums and stuff like that and yeah pretty much it where can people find you uh young Cassie everywhere young Cassie. young Cassie at young Cassie at young Cassie. what's the name of your youtube channel because that's not young Cassie, is it oh yeah there, i guess i have like two channels so there is young Cassie, which is just mm-hmm. like i've been releasing everything chronic chronologically chronologically mm-hmm. and then there's film trek as well Mm-hmm. So that's like our new releases and then just random stuff, short films, memes, whatever, <laughs> music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. I really appreciate yeah, your time. You. It's been great. Yeah. Nice seeing you again, too. <laughs>